What's up, Gumbo listeners? Demetrius Malbro here with another Data Protection Gumbo episode. And this one is titled, Reducing the Complexity of Data Migrations. And to drop some knowledge for us today, I have Jaden Bartram on the show. And Jaden is the CEO of CouchDrop, which powers the cloud storage migration tool, MoveBot. And Jayton's been in technology for over eight years and his background spans across military, telecommunications, software testing, and now cloud storage. So Gumbo listeners, Jayton will be sharing details around the complexities of data migrations, data sovereignty, GDPR, and the rise of S3 object storage competitors. So all of this, when we get back, from thanking our sponsors. You'll never be immune to cyber attacks, but you can bring your A-game. With a secret secure backup technology, you become too tough and costly to crack, compelling threat actors to move on to easier prey. Gain the advantage today. Visit Asegra.com for your low cost, easy to use, and hard to hack backups. Jayton, welcome to The Gumbo. Hey, Demetrius. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. So, Jaden, I am very excited to tap into your brain a little bit to find out what's going on in there. I heard that there's a lot of uh, powerful things around data migrations and and the complexity of uh, migrating data to the cloud, uh, especially around like Google Files and uh, things like OneDrive. So let's Let's get into some interesting conversation around the complexity of data migrations. And, and I, I've heard that Google Files, uh, I guess if you're using Google Files, that there is an issue or maybe not an issue, but you just can't move as freely as you as you really would like to. So can, can you go into any of those complexities? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I guess most of these providers, they've all got their, their gotchas in one way or another. Um, the likes of OneDrive and Ignite don't allow certain characters. So when you try and sync them across, they often reject. Um, and then you get Google Files, where often it's quite interesting with Google. They're the only provider out there that allows you to have duplicate files or folders. So you could have two files of the same name in the same directory, um, which is goes against the norm uh, when generally you've got to have, I don't know, a, a two or something at the end to identify it being a different file. Um, other restrictions too, with like the Google files, is their their own proprietary file, uh, file types. So you've got uh, G Sheets and G Docs, uh, which is their equivalents of the Excel spreadsheets and uh, Microsoft Word. Which I love. Yeah, definitely love all the the entire Google. Suite. Yeah, I mean it's awesome. I mean, if this kind of, it's another thing, right? Is how do the likes of um, Box compete with Google Drive and OneDrive when they are when they offer the whole suite, right? But back to the question. Um, yeah, I mean, so like with those kind of suites, when you try and move them to another provider, the other providers don't actually, they can't work with the data because no one knows those file types and Google doesn't really allow it in an open sense. Um, so when moving it, you've got to convert it to a Microsoft format basically so that you can um, you can use it. Uh, but that's, that's part of the issue. And then you've got rate limiting too. So if you were an individual and you were going to move from OneDrive to a, let's say, uh, Dropbox, for example, um, to move the files out is actually quite time-consuming. Um, the provider's rate limit so that it takes a lot longer to get the files there, whereas in the back end, when you've got API access and relationships with these partners, it's a lot simpler to move the files across at a faster rate. And I mean, for um, things like Google, for example, have got a, a daily limit of 750 gigabytes that you can move per user. 
but uh, which just makes it complicated. And you know, if you've got ten to twenty or even you know two hundred fifty terabytes, it's going to take too long. With these kind of providers, as a business, if you're trying to move, uh, I don't know, let's say a team of fifty people or three hundred people, you can't get them all just to sync their data across. Uh, you know, you can't get them to download two clients, so the Dropbox client and the Box client or whatever it might be, and you can ask them to sync it across because. For one, you're going to saturate your your company's connection, and on the other end, it's going to rate limit. And people often lose data because files don't make it across for the obvious reasons that I've kind of alluded to. That uh, some file types don't work, so OneDrive doesn't allow uh, specific characters, whereas Google Drive might. So then, when you get to the end of it of your migration, you're going to be missing data, and it's not ideal for any company. So, so you you said. I guess people missing files or missing data. Like, do you have any inter- interesting stories around any of that that you've you've heard of? And plus, as far as rate limiting is concerned, is that like bandwidth, like the bandwidth rate, or what? What exactly is rate limiting? Yeah, also? so yeah, so it's the bandwidth rate itself. So uh, these providers obviously got to protect themselves so that people aren't hypothetically, I guess, uh, saturating their own networks or data centers. And at the same mm-hmm. time, also the compute, because that's also another overhead that you have of dealing with files is the, the compute side of things. So all these providers, one way or another, rate limit you. Um, it's Sometimes you may not notice it because you're only move, uh, doing data updates with partial files. Um, others, though, you, you may notice it quite quite heavily. So OneDrive, is, they rate limit quite quite a lot. So for, so for example, I think... We did a test of a migration. It wasn't a massive one. I think it was 200 gigs. I think through sync, it took over 18 hours. But then migrating in the back end via the API was, I think, two hours. So it just, just shows you the kind of difference that you have of moving such a small amount of data. So on the scheme of things, if you're looking to move terabytes, you're going to be there for months. Mm, okay. And I, I also wanted to just touch on a little bit because... You know, some of the compliance and, and regulations that are out there right now, things like GDPR, some of the other ones around where your data is, is placed and where your data is located, uh, like data sovereignty. And I know that, that this is a major concern for uh, so many so many people, especially when you're dealing with, you know, software as a service applications. Like your your product, so MoveBot, can, can you explain to me, I guess, how you handle uh, data sovereignty? Yeah, sure. Uh, so what Moobot is that you can basically choose where your where we run your workers from or your compute nodes. It just gives it kind of gives you that that control and the full management of it. So if you're doing a on-premise to cloud migration and you know that your object storage, let's say um, a Wasabi bucket is somewhere in the US, you can actually choose a, a US-based uh, worker node location to run a Movebot node. And the thing is, is, you can also choose how many worker nodes you want to run. So if you want to improve your performance with your your migration and get it done faster, you can increase those worker nodes. So you could have you know ten operating in the US, and then you get peace of mind. Where it gets tricky though is when you're dealing with providers such as uh, one of the enterprise providers, such as Google Drive, for example. You may not know where your data is stored, so mm-hmm. that's that's when you're gonna the relationships yeah. really count with these kind of providers. Okay, yeah, and. Also, I guess you you are in the in the midst of COVID nineteen just as much as as we are over here in the in the U.S. It's kind of a, a worldwide pandemic. Yeah, so you know people are looking for like cost cost cutting measures, cost efficiency, and really starting to take a second look at consolidation 
and where they can actually save money. Can you tell me, I guess, what what have you seen um, due to COVID-19 and some of the consolidation that's happening right now? Well, I guess we're seeing a couple of things. One is we're seeing the move to the cloud. It's kind of been a wake-up call for a lot of people to get from your on-prem service to the cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, by that, I mean, you don't need VPNs and you don't need to worry about uh, security as much. And it's just, you get that collaboration, you get the full suite of things. I mean, nine times out of 10, most companies are either with a Google Drive or a OneDrive because you get the full suite. I mean, you're with one ecosystem or the other. Uh, then you get there, coming back to that as well, you've got people trying to cut costs and save money. And by doing that, they are looking at these ecosystem partners where they get more than just storage. Um, I mean, for example, with OneDrive and Google Drive, you you pay for a subscription. Uh, as a business, you get the full the full suite of uh, applications, whether it be their docs, their Excel spreadsheets, their, you get their storage, you get their emails, you get you know uh, their meetings applications. I mean, you get the whole 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 package, right? So companies are starting to look into where they can save money and quite often or not, it's with storage. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got the S3 storage space, uh, the object storage space where people are storing a large amount of data. And as we know, Amazon and Azure and GCP, they aren't cheap, especially when you start looking at large amounts of data. Uh, That's when you've got like the competitors of Wasabi who charges, I think it's $6 a terabyte and has no egress fees. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're phenomenally cheaper and it just, it's, it makes no it makes sense right just to move people there from these other providers and it's all hot storage too mm, okay okay yeah and just kind of also continuing on the the covid-19 theme and there there's a lot of people out of work right now so maybe not as many in the IT industry but some of the backup and recovery and storage administrators that I've spoken to over the last several weeks, those who have been laid off, unfortunately, they have told me that, you know, it's it's a little more challenging to find a job because there's so many qualified people also out of a job and looking. So that candidate pool is like really huge right now. Could you talk around, I guess, how the IT professional around, I guess, putting out fires and maybe doesn't have time for that proactive work or Maybe a job like data migration uh, for teams. Can, can, could you talk a little bit about that? So basically, um, MoveBot was built to be simple. A lot of the other tools that are out there are quite complex and require a lot of technical people. But what we're seeing is that we're getting a lot of team leaders or people that are in positions within the company that have got some technical nows to them. And they can do it themselves because often the IT person's just constantly trying to put out fires. And I mean... Mm-hmm. I'm sure, as we all know, it's hard to be proactive in IT a lot of the time because there's always a fire around the corner. You put out one and there's another one, um, whether it's a salesperson coming and knocking at your door to work on the next thing or whether it's a case of a service fried itself, there's always something going on. So the, the ability for these team leaders who are a bit more technical to then go work on data migrations for their team, it, it makes sense. Uh, it just takes the onus off the IT person and kind of frees them up for other things. and. It kind of falls into what we're seeing with the change of the role of the IT person as a whole. Uh, we, you've, you know, you've, you've kind of got people coming through into the workforce these days who have grown up with technology and are more technically savvy. And as we know, most jobs require a bit of technical nous. Yeah, you basically are getting, I guess you could say, level one support within the company now at all levels. Whether it's, I mean, I've got friends who work in um, civil engineers 
and they work they can replace their own hard drive if they need to they've just got that it's just that technical thing that's coming through with the new generations which really which is really um, i guess moving the it role into more of a higher level um, and hopefully it helps in the long term it doesn't cause too many issues okay so i i guess with with what's happening with the pandemic have have you seen an increase in in your business or has things slowed down a bit or or what oh we've definitely seen we've definitely seen an increase it's um it's growing uh, quite quite high. Uh, the whole the whole uh, business side of things. Uh, a lot of it is people trying to move to the cloud or uh, consolidate their data. Uh, another thing you've got is where people have got multiple, uh, I guess, storage providers within right. the company, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you, you kind of get it seems like the, the 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 brass, the top levels are kind of looking down where they can save some money. Kind of what we touched on before. So, for example, the marketing might be using Dropbox. The rest of the company might be using Microsoft Office. So, it's a case of the company going right. We need to cut costs and consolidate. Let's move your Dropbox to one uh, Microsoft Office 365 and uh, move forward with that. So, we're definitely seeing a huge increase in that. And on the other end of the spectrum, yeah, we're seeing people just trying to get from off get the data from uh, the on on-site storage to the cloud. Okay. Now, now moving on to let's let's we, we hadn't talked a little bit about security yet so just from a security perspective what what would you say to a gumbo listener who's a little concerned about you know just moving data in the cloud etc and just afraid somewhat oh cloud is not not secure um you know what what would you say to them i'd tell them to go visit a data center (laughs) they are not easy to get into i can tell you that um i'm sure as much of us yeah i mean to get into a data center, it's not easy, and that's from both, uh, I guess, a network level and also a physical level. They've got they've got fences, they've got security guards. Most of the racks are locked. You know, it, that's all these basically all these clouds are, right? Is they're just big data centers, and because most of them are actually owned by their own providers, it, they're not going to let Joe Bloggs in there to go have a play around. And much the same on the front end, they've got their reputation to persist. Uh, so because of that, they're not going to the network security and the overall security of their providers is going to be uh, is going to be at a higher grade than probably most providers themselves can afford for themselves. And on that as well, the security for cloud is quite simple. A lot of the time, it's just cheap boxes. I'm sure there's a lot more to it, but you know, to secure your cloud storage is often just ticking to encrypt it and making sure it's accessible by certain IP addresses. I mean, I know there's a lot more to it, but that's it's just simple security, right? It applies everywhere. Defense and um and depth, right. layers. Yeah, yeah, and we haven't talked much about the the big three, right? You know who I'm talking about: uh, Amazon, so AWS, yeah. uh, GCP, and, and Azure. So Google Cloud and, and Microsoft Azure. It's definitely you know they they have a lot of ways and they have a lot of packages and they make it easy for you to you know get started you know on their platforms. But, you know, it's not cheap. So cost efficiency is definitely a big thing right now uh, with with what's going on. So what what are you what are you seeing right now, I guess, from from a storage perspective uh, in the cloud? And uh, I know some of the others like, you know, Wasabi and Backblaze and, you know, iDrive, they're they're also in the space as well. But, you know, moving data to these platforms, it isn't easy or it's and, and it's not cheap. So. What do, what do you say to that? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a saying, I know we've got this saying in New Zealand, I'm not sure if it works overseas, but you take your car to a, to a mechanic to fix it, right? So everyone's got a job to play. There's specialists in fields and that's who, you know, that's who you take it to. 
And what you kind of said at the start is that Amazon and Azure and Google, they're great for the start. They give you the full packages. They've got their entire platform in a single place. It makes it easy. But as you scale, the cost is there, and there's a lot of hidden costs with them that are quite challenging to, I guess, preempt. It also depends on your organization because, you know, the likes of Microsoft Azure, they give you credit for everything, and, you know, they kind of – they can kind of balance that out with kind of giving you the whole suite of things and they give you credits and they kind of, I guess, sweeten the deal via those means, but and by no means is it cheap. But then you get providers out there, you know, like yeah, Wasabi and Backblaze that are that, that's so much cheaper. I mean, you just take a look at Wasabi's website and you compare their pricing looking at their graphs and you're going to save yourself thousands of dollars a year just by moving to Wasabi and it, it isn't it isn't easy to move your data, especially when you're looking at object storage. It doesn't really sit on a hard drive. It doesn't sit on someone's computer. You can't just plug it in anywhere. Um, I know a lot of these providers have got their own, I guess, hard drives that they send out to site for large amounts of data. But unless you're talking hundreds and hundreds of terabytes, it's not really worth looking into. And it, once again, it takes time. So moving it isn't is definitely not easy. Uh, it's when you start looking at migration platforms and who can move things where. And, you know, I'd say if you are looking at migrating your data, do your research on the companies, make sure they're based out of places that you can trust and just make sure that you know who you're dealing with. So you mentioned hidden fees. What, what, what are these hidden fees that you speak of? Well, there's things such as obviously like egress fees. It's not just a case of storing the data, but there's also accessing the data and right. it depends which tier you may have and which location and, Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it all adds up. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, I, I thought that that's what you were hinting at, but I wasn't. I wasn't quite sure. I wanted to 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 tease that out a little bit. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Okay, so uh, let's. So we're moving into and Jaden. This is one thing that I do with with every uh, participant or well, every guest that I have on on Data Protection Gumbo, and I create what's called a closing gumbo question. All right. And it's a unique question that uh, I really want to see, you know, what your response is and what your answer is, because everyone's answer is, is unique. So what what makes you angry or frustrated enough that you would consider standing in front of a data center and protesting about it until there's change? That's a good question. It does make me think. <laughs> it makes you think, right? I guess it's hard because most of the, like, for me, it's the environment. I mean, coming from New Zealand, we're a very green place. We've, we're very, we pride ourselves on, you know, the environment and that. But mostly, most of these data centers, as far as we're aware, they're carbon neutral, whether that's just, I don't know, political magic to make it look like it is. But yeah, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing is just making sure that they've got renewable energy and they're doing the right thing for the environment. Mm, okay. Uh, we're, already, we're already wasting enough at the moment in the world. I mean, look at space, the amount of things we're launching up there and leaving up there. Right. I mean, that's, that's worrying on its own. And, I mean, we can't just keep destroying things and expecting things to go forward. Uh, yeah, for me, it would just be environmental. Okay. That, that is the first time I have ever heard that response to that question. So. It goes. It goes to show that you, that you love Mother Earth. So I, I appreciate that. You know, um, we're a, we're a clean green fighting machine over here in New Zealand. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's on the list. So maybe maybe next year when this whole COVID thing blows over, um, I'll definitely have an opportunity to come check out New Zealand. Yeah, she's stunning. 
All right. So I truly, truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on and have a conversation with me um, so that our gumbo listeners could benefit from um, some great information about data migration and um, optic storage in the cloud, etc. So uh, thank you for coming on the gumbo. And uh, until next time. Thanks, Demetrius. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.